Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 23 of the pod. I hope you guys are having an amazing week, and I am just so excited and thrilled and honored to get to share this story with you because it it's just, oh my gosh, it just is so filled with so much truth and so much heartache and hardship and to see the journey that this incredible woman has taken in her life and how she has turned all of the trauma that she has faced in her life into something really powerful it just blows my mind and I was re-listening to this conversation just now while editing it and I'm just really 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 so excited for you guys to hear this and hear your thoughts and for you guys to get to know Grace a little bit better. Before we dive into Grace, though, I want to do a quick shout out for shouting the pod out. Um, So this is actually an iTunes review and it comes from Caro Ventures and it says ambitious and female driven podcast. She says, love with the big old hands raising up. Listen to it nonstop at work. It doesn't shy away from tackling tough and sensitive subjects, but Amanda's authenticity in dealing with these topics make the listener feel like they're invited into her sisterhood. Would highly recommend for anyone looking to get a peek into self-discovery in a non-judgmental way. Oh my gosh. Love, love that. Thank you so much, Carol Ventures, for your incredible review. And as you guys know, iTunes reviews or shout outs on, um, on the pod, um, <laughs> for the pod, um, on Instagram, um, under live your fuck yes life. Um, you can just tag them there on Instagram or you can head on over and make a review. It's super, super simple in your podcast app. And it means the world to me. And I'll shout you out. Um, because I love hearing what you guys are learning and taking away from all of these topics. And it also, you know, helps with the podcast a lot and it means the absolute world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of you guys who are sharing with your friends and, um, and, and writing reviews and, and sharing on Instagram. It means the world. All right, let's get in today. I just want to hop right into this conversation. So you are about to meet Grace, and she is the founder of You Are a Story Worth Loving. And she's a passionate entrepreneur on a mission to help others find their voice, tell their story, and change the world. Her sole job, as she calls it, in this life is to love on you and hold space for the sacred stories of your life. And so she's built this community uh, called Your Story Worth Loving, where stories are supported, voices are heard, and you can just come as you are. And she is just like that, you guys. And we dig into some really, really tough subjects in this podcast, um, talking about you know, her navigating her journey um, really pretty much all through her 20s, um, going from an- using anorexia and bulimia to experiencing spousal abuse and navigating a divorce and being a single mom and and beyond, um, talking about trauma in a lot of different aspects in this in this episode and, and just really, really talking about how we can turn everything that we're going through into something really beautiful if we allow it to. Um, and also 
acknowledging that shit is messy and that if you're feeling something like this or you're going through anything uh, like what Grace is talking about in today's conversation, um, just know that you have a space, you know, whether it's in our, you know, pod squad community um, on Facebook, you can just join our live your fuck yes life pod squad. Um, or, you know, by, by getting, getting to know your story worth loving and, and Grace's community, you know, there are people out there who know what it's like and you are not alone. And, if there is one thing that I hope you you know and can acknowledge from listening to this podcast is that, you know, we are all going through the shit and the mess and it all looks different for every single one of us, but it doesn't make any of us less worthy for navigating through it. And all we can do is do our best every single day. And I hope this podcast is a good reminder of that for you. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, Grace, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, friend. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Goodness. So excited. So excited, you guys. I actually like have only been following you for a little bit, but ever since I started, I immediately knew that I had to have you on the podcast. And I don't even really know your full story. And I can't wait to hear. But before we dive in, I'm going to do something a little different. Usually I end with questions, but I kind of want to just dive in to them first with you. I don't know. I'm feeling frisky. So um, <laughs> just some like fun and fast questions to get to know you. So what is making you come alive right now? Oh my goodness. This <laughs> like <being laughs> in moment, like I just love it so much. Um, I love connecting with people um, like similar mindsets mm. and um, who are on that path of growth as well. You know, kind of like what we were talking about before, like it, it is so powerful to like step into your weird and, you know, like that weird you, like who you are and have other people who are doing the same and not see you <laughs> as that, you know, that strange person who's like doing the thing that she loves who, you know, a lot of people don't understand, but when people see you for that, like that just, it, it just like fuels all these possibilities. I love it so much. Yeah. So, like, Greek fake fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is an extension of that. Like, this is so cool to me to be able mm. Like, it's not something I would have done a couple of years ago, but to be able to do that now, totally, you know, it just excites me. Mm, I love that. Yeah, totally. I'm on the same page. <laughs> okay. Um, what are three things you're grateful for right now? Oh, gosh. Um, so my little guy, always my little guy. Um, I just, he is like, I've posted a couple of times, like the beat of my heart. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think a few years ago, um, gosh, there was so much stuff happening then that I'll look back on photos and I'm so grateful to be able to be present in this time with him and like with myself, um, where I wasn't that way a few years ago. And so that's one. Um, another one is, I, I suppose, like health, mm. you know, just being in the spot that I was a few years ago, it, it wasn't healthy. And so being able like my word right now to be able to step into like true health and what that means for me is healing. And so I have to always circle that back around to like, um, grace, you're healing. Like you're not trying to like get the best, like rock hard abs. You're not trying to like, mm. you know, step into, um, this, this mindset that that girl was a mm. few years ago, but it's about healing. And so I'm really grateful to be able to have that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and, and always bring it back towards that. And um, I'm just grateful for this community of people too, like of entrepreneurs and like business women and listeners and uh, like being able to have sisters who see you and support you in, in that path of growth, who get it. Like yeah. that's so amazing. I love that. And who are supportive of you amidst also going through their goals. I feel like that's been the coolest thing for me too, just total sidebar, but having, you know, I think for so long there is this comp competition nature and I grew growing up from a theater background, there's just, you know, there is the community factor, but you're just pinned up against each other all the time for the same thing. And I love the entrepreneurial world because for the most part, the women that I've met have been so like giving and it's all just about how can we all rise up together versus, um, oh, it's you against me, which I love. Yeah. yeah um, I was, uh, I, have you picked up um, A Tribe Called Bliss? Yet? I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm meaning to read it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I'm, I'm not all the way through it yet, but it is, um, Lori, you know, is amazing. I met her at Amber's summit, um, the ignite your soul summit. And, um, just to be able to like what you said, like you're always pinned up against each other, kind of like growing up and like competing. I come from like a athletic background of mm -hmm. basketball and volleyball and all those kind of things, rugby and always just competing against each other. But to have people like walk parallel alongside you, like arms link, like, you know, let's make our tables longer mm -hmm. instead of our walls higher. Like yes. that is the coolest thing to me that, that I would have never realized existed had I not kind of stepped into it. I totally am with you. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And then where would you typically be on a Friday night? Oh, <laughs> I am. I'm in bed by 830 every yes. night, you guys. Oh my gosh. I am. <laughs> when it's like seven o'clock and, and I like, I'm exhausted, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to get in bed. So I've always been somebody who's been tired, but that's such a good question because I'm, I'm usually like either working on on business stuff or like thinking about my business or mm -hmm. like Sawyer and I like we'll have like um date night or something like that like spending time with him on the couch mm -hmm. or we're in bed at 8 30 so yep. <laughs> 10 o'clock is really late for me <laughs> I, I just that. asked this question on Facebook too like what time are you guys usually in bed and some people you know said early like that but a lot of people stay up late I'm like I'm just you know mm -hmm. I'm that baby grandma that oh my gosh <laughs> me too baby grandma life forever mm -hmm. except right now I am in the midst of a show, so it means that I have to be up late. So my whole internal clock has been like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why, why do you not you have up? a face mask on your face at nine o'clock? And why are you still out of bed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm also a labor and delivery nurse. And so I work night shift. Yeah. And so those nights are, I haven't worked probably in about a month now, um, but I'm, I'll go back for just a little bit. Um, it, like it's just going to rock my world mm -hmm. because I'm going to be like, so it goes from 7 PM to 7 AM and I'm at nine o'clock. I'm going to be like, is it sun? Yeah. Time for bed. <laughs> I know. Why do I do this to myself? But I love that too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dive in because I, your entire brand is all about a story worth loving. And I just think those words alone are so powerful because I, I know personally, and so many of my, my audience feel this too. That's what I like to call them. But I feel like so many of us feel not enough and don't know how to love ourselves. And I spent so many years on that train of constantly trying to live up to this 
quote unquote expectation of, of who I needed to be versus who I really was. Um, and so I would just love to hear about your full story. I know it's very, there's a lot to it. Um, but I, this is what this podcast is all about. And I think, you know, you know, going through all of the stuff that you have been through is, is how you've gotten to who you are now and what you're doing. And so I would just love to hear your story. And I know the audience is, is dying to do the same. So I guess just share your heart. I would love to share. So, you know, if I really revert it back, um, to not, I guess necessarily to the beginning, but, you know, in your story, um, we learned a little bit about pieces of that. So there are pivot points before your, your, your actual rock bottom. And I'll definitely talk to you guys about that, but like places where you choose yourself and places where you don't choose yourself. Mm. And so uh, a lot of the places that have like made the story about, you know, who I am and how I got to your story worth loving and embracing that story. It started in college um, with an eating disorder. And so that started with like a breakup of a six year relationship through high school and you lose control a little bit over that. Um, and not realizing that that was, was necessarily what was happening, but I did not know what to turn to. And so, um, you know, college is a complete like different thing different like monster in itself of like learning how to do things um from high school and like building new friendships and stuff and so I turned to um not eating like if I could control anything it was what I put into my body Mm -hmm. and I found a lot um of of power in that like it was awesome to be able to have something to control and so that just spiraled into um anorexia and bulimia um for for years, for a really long time, probably until about two years ago, or maybe, maybe even, a, I don't know, we'll say two years. So a long, like 10 years of, mm-hmm. um, an eating disorder. And so, um, you know, I went through counseling in college, all the things, but you don't like when you're at that space, um, you know, none of that matters, um, to like counseling, it helped sure. And like going to like, doctor's visits at the college campus and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really matter until you realize that the only thing is choosing yourself. Like you have to physically understand that you have to make that choice and choosing yourself. And so you can't, nobody can change you. Nobody can, um, can make you change your mind, um, or make you realize that gaining weight is an okay thing. Like you have to gain weight, you know, that kind of stuff, but it has to come from within. Mm. And so through like that eating disorder, I met my ex-husband, um, in college and I attracted somebody who felt, um, who treated me the same way I felt about myself. Mm. And, um, you know, you don't realize that at the time, you know, he, he was great at the time. Like you, you wanted somebody to love you because I was, I was giving him more love than I gave myself. I loved him more than I love myself. And Mm -hmm. so that spiraled into, um, it, it didn't necessarily start out that way, but it, it, you know, I attracted a man who cheated on me even while we were dating and I found that okay. Um, I just wanted somebody to love me. And then, you know, we got married and, um, I wouldn't change any of this part. Let me just preface that, that I would not change any of this um, because it's these stories have shaped where I've gotten today. But, you know, uh, we got married and had an incredible little boy. I just love that kid so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He is, like I said, the beat of my heart. Um, 
And eventually you realize like marriage and, um, and kids and a family, it's not like the fairy tales. And what happens when those stressful things come up is you, you are like faced with like who you think you are, who you think you need to be. Um, and, and you kind of have to make a, a choice in that, you know, and, and which way you, you want your life to go. And so, you know, in our marriage, there was, this isn't, this is not normal by any means for marriages, but, you know, domestic violence happened and we were a military family and like the abuse, it wasn't just, just physical abuse, but it was emotional abuse and it was financial abuse and it, uh, like gaslighting, like it, we mm-hmm. can get into all those kind of topics. Yeah. Um, and, um, anyway, I, felt for the longest time, you know, he always told me like, Grace, nobody will ever believe you. And for the longest time, you know, I believed that, but there was a part of me too, like with my eating disorder that spiraled into, to this as well, it was still going on in our marriage that uh, like, I didn't even know what to believe in myself. Like you're so lost and like your eating disorder and a marriage and a family that I truly, I came from a single parent family. Like I truly just wanted to keep together. Like that was the basis of everything for me. I was determined not to be that single mother. And so things that would factor into that, you know, him telling me nobody will ever believe me, but then wondering if these things even happened, um, Mm. did he actually hit me? Did, you know, it was the craziest thing to be in that space for a long time. And so eventually, um, it came to a point where he had to move. Um, so with military and our, we were an army family, you PCS is, is what it's called. So you move from station to station yeah. and he got orders to move to South Carolina. Um, and I decided not to move with him. And I think that was probably the first point in choosing myself. Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't get help, we're not coming back to you. And, um, of course he was not going to, um, you know, finding, finding other women. Well, you didn't move with me. So what do you expect me to do? And I just, I just wanted our family to be together so badly. And so, um, that spiraled into just another huge mess. It kind of like blew up then, like it was waiting to blow up. Um, and I, I reached out to, um, army services. I forget what all of it's called now, but like the domestic violence Mm -hmm. hotline and just asked for help. And, um, that was actually the first time of using my voice. So my voice mm. felt silenced for so long, you know, nobody will ever believe you. You can't say these things. And, and it's so hush hush in like a military environment. Like you just don't talk about it because a lot of times the husband is the one who makes the income. The wives don't work. And I was lucky I did, but the wives don't work. And if the husband loses their job because the domestic violence is taken seriously, that, you know, they um, are kicked out of the military and that's essentially what happened, you know, long down the road, but it went through an investigation and it went through uh, just a, a big old mess and a $20,000 divorce. And, um, you know, so many crazy things happened during that marriage that I think even my attorney did not believe me mm-hmm. until it started kind of coming, coming back things he was doing. She realized, okay, like you're not joking. So there's a, like, there is probably nine years of that condensed in like, <laughs> like the five minutes that I've talked, but, um, yeah. you know, a lot of, of that coming to the point today and like sharing our story, like I would not have been able to speak those words just a few years ago. 
and, and sharing those pieces. And I found, found it so, so much healing from doing so, Mm. you know, just being able to say that to you or to, to connect to you on the level of, you know, um, like body positivity or like choosing yourself, um, to heal yourself and food. Um, that was so embarrassing for me, you know, in college, it's such a shameful thing when you're in it. Um, and it's shameful. It was shameful for me to say, you know, I'm a single mother. Mm. Um, my family's not together. Um, you know, I turned in my, my husband to CID for domestic violence. Um, all of that comes with like those stories you tell yourself. Um, until you, you realize that eh, whether those stories are true or not, you know, so there is power and, Mm. and understanding like the growth from your eating disorder and understanding, um, what was the root cause of that? Like you Mm. kind of have to dig in and get uncomfortable and messy in that and see where that came from and how that allowed me to attract a man who felt that way about me. Um, and and then be able to actually eventually like speak the words of what was happening and like in my marriage. Mm. And I'll tell you too, you know, I went to a counselor um, at work during this, like people knew we were going through a divorce and she said to me, I'll never forget this. She said, Grace, she said, if anybody knew what was going on in your house, that would be considered child abuse because Sawyer cannot protect himself. Mm. And so one, like choosing not to move with him, but two, for her to reflect that back to me yeah. was just like, I, I can't, I cannot pretend that this stuff that is, is not happening anymore. And I need help because like, it, it almost takes something like that, that big, like that big of a disruption yeah. for you to like, face your own bullshit, you know, totally. to be able to, to say something. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, Wow. (laughs) Thank you for sharing so openly. Um, That was so powerful. And it's just so incredible to see where you are now and and how all of this has 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 formed the the woman like sitting in front of me. Um, It's just yeah, it's so and and the whole thing you're talking about when it comes to shame is something I so relate to. And it's all do. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was thinking about it and it totally sparked something in me. But it's so interesting, like when we're going through it, we tell ourselves these stories, right? And and this is a part of what you were talking about. We tell ourselves these stories that we deserve to be feeling like this or, you know, we're not worthy enough, enough to have more um, or, or, you know, like, well, we created this life for ourselves. So this is what must, you know, this is what our story must be. And I'm so curious to hear your perspective on this. You know, while you were in the midst of it, obviously you had a point where, your foot came down and you drew a line, this, a line in the sand and you're like, okay, enough's enough. I'm not moving. But yeah. what, what do you feel like got you there? And why do you feel you spent so many years living in this, this is my life and this is what I've created for myself and, and whatever, you know, whatever the words that were going through your head were. Yeah. Um, I, it, it essentially boils down to like the stories I, I told myself, like I stayed in that space for so long. And I'll tell you, like, everything in those initial years of allowing that to happen in the stories I told myself, I truly just wanted my family together. Mm. I would have done anything, um, to keep my family together and for Sawyer to have his dad, you know, and to have like, 
that those stories of you, you tell yourself of like those picture perfect lives and, you know, it doesn't happen like that, but even, um, you know, this is still something that uh, Karen Kenny says this, it feels as a story that's a little bit hot to touch. And so Mm -hmm. I can talk on it now from a place of love is like having an abortion. So I got pregnant, um, quickly after having Sawyer and, um, that it was having a baby is so stressful, but, um, for him to say to me, you know, if you don't do this, you will end up a single mother anyway with two kids now instead of one. And I can remember, uh, we went to church and, and that's a whole nother like facade we can talk about, not, not internally, but like just the presence of that. But Mm -hmm. we went to church that, that Sunday, as we had talked about, and that's what the pastor talked about was abortions. And I like, it felt like such, you know, you get these little, like these little spines, these mm-hmm. little clues from the universe or God or light source or whatever, who's talking to you about these things, whatever you want to call it. And I knew in my heart, that was not what I wanted. It's what I had reflected back to him, um, that I didn't want to do that, but he was so adamant about it. And, um, I would have done anything at that point to keep our family together. And so just, you know, staying in that space for so long, um, and all of those, those traumatic, they were truly traumatic yeah. things that happened. Um, and, and even PTSD, I went to the therapy for, for a while for all these things that were happening. Um, I, I told myself this story that I, one created this two, I deserved it. I had no idea of like self-worth and, and just like shame was, was like probably like the underlying theme in my story. And so like drawing the line in and not saying that we're moving with you. I don't know where that came from, honestly. <laughs> like, um, I still had not, I had not told anybody yet. Like my mother was living with us at the time too. And she knew. And so I hadn't mm-hmm. told like any authorities or any police because I still had that hope. Like I was hanging on to that hope that he would move. We would go get help. We would bring our family back together. Um, and so drawing the line there created like uh, just a cascade effect of just different things that happened. So of course he never got help. Of course he never went to therapy. He wasn't going to do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so silly thinking that would have happened looking back on it. Um, and it just essentially kind of blew up out of that, you know, it turned into, um, him, you know, he said one time, um, I don't even, even think about my son. Like I have to have a picture of him on my phone to remind myself that I have a son and, and he shut off like my phone and different things like that. And I just, I just like, there was kind of like a, a guilt factor in like coming back in, like if to the marriage, like if you don't come back, um, back to live with me, essentially, um, like our bank accounts are shut off. Um, he took all the money out. He turned off my phone. Um, he was, he was going to tell authorities and this did happen too. that I beat my son and that I did drugs. Like I had, um, a whole bunch of, um, social services, family, social services even came to my house because he reported me and they're like, we don't even know why we're here, (laughs) you know, those kind of things. So it, it essentially really blew up. And those are some stories I I still haven't shared yet. They're okay to obviously talk about, Mm -hmm. but just crazy things you reflect back upon. And so, you know, there, Tony Robbins says this, he says, you know, the, the 
pain of um, staying the same has to be greater than the pain of changing. I probably messed that up somewhere, but like for me to change, it was easier for me to change than to stay where I was at. And so you move away from those pain points and like those disruptions in your life, I felt are sent to you for a reason because they have to crack you open to be able to move, like move into that different space. Like I, if those disruptions weren't sent to me, I probably would have never done it. Like I wouldn't have had the strength myself to do it, but I was forced to do those things. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Do you, when you look back on that part of your life, do you see yourself or do you feel like you're two different people? Does that make sense? I feel like sometimes when I look back at certain parts of my life, like I almost feel like I was living in my body, but I wasn't present. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird to like look back. And I actually just wrote wrote an Instagram post today, like to that 21 year old girl, like go F yourself. And I don't mean like go F yourself. I mean like go (laughs) forgive yourself, like, Mm. you know, forgive yourself for, um, for like treating your body in that manner, for hating yourself so much, for living in the stories of shame, for attracting a man who treated you the same way you felt about yourself, like forgive Mm. yourself. And it's so like, it's so weird to look back on that girl. Um, and there are truly like with PTSD and, and just, I've done EMDR and stuff like that. Like there are instances that I do not remember until I can, maybe I see a photo or, um, I have a dream or or something like that. Like, it's so weird what's stuck in your subconscious from traumatic events. And so like seeing her and being able to like compare the two, obviously it's two different people, but to believe that I was in that space for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's the same for you too, you know, with, with how you treated your body and, you know, I don't know how long that lasted and like the depths of that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, I certainly will, will not say that I've been through the same kind of trauma that you've experienced, but I think anyone who has been through a space of time or, or gone through something that they feel guilt around or shame around, you suppress it and and you look back and I look back and I wonder like, how did I get to that point? You know, and, and how did I allow myself, myself to continue on that path for so long? And for a long time, I, I came at it from a really negative sense. Like I was like, I'm not that girl anymore. I'm this girl now. And, and the past, I want to say year, it's been a lot of compassion for the me I was and reminding myself that I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't been through like what you said, you know, and that everything that we're, we're put up against is, is, I think in a lot of facets, like a way for us to grow and, and shine into the person we're supposed to be. And that doesn't make it any less hard in the moment. It doesn't make it any less fucked up that we're having to experience these things or that we're imposing things onto ourselves. But it's, yeah, it's part of our journey and part of our story. And we wouldn't be where we are now if it weren't for all of those things that we've been through. And I just think it's so brave of you to be talking about this publicly, because I will be honest and say that there are not enough people talking about abuse, about shame, about, you know, I mean, I know Brene Brown is huge about shame and she's like, if you guys have not listened to Brene Brown or read her books, like go do it now, I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. But seriously, like that was a huge, huge wake up call for me 
because I didn't, it wasn't talked about. And I just think it's so powerful that you are putting this front and and forward and in front of other people um, so that they can feel less alone, even if that's the only thing less alone. Yeah. It's powerful to see that reflected back and that so many people are feeling that way. Like our stories perhaps obviously aren't the same, but they, they intertwine in Mm -hmm. some facet and that people will, um, that it connects on some level. And so, you know, I believe that, you know, in this manner, like the, the truth allows you to, to crack open, like your stories allow you to break open and crack open. And that is not looking at it from like a perspective of you're broken. Like that's looking at it from a perspective of what's open now allows you to expand. And Mm. so, you know, all of that can help you, that openness can help you expand and grow and allow room for that. And to like, like the scars and like those edges of the cracks may still feel raw, but there's so much power and like the room for growth that it's creating whenever you do that. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like I, Brene Brown's amazing. Um, I don't remember like the first like self development book I picked up or why I picked it up. But when I realized like, um, you know, that, that was a path. Like I've always been into to like self-help books, but that mm-hmm. was a path that you can choose to take. Like it, it changes everything. And I agree. Like a lot of people don't talk about it. You know, it is shameful. It's embarrassing. It's messy. It feels broken. It feels like if I put this out there, people are going to feel judged mm-hmm. and, and, and perhaps that may happen, you know, it, it may, but when you do that, you'll find more often than not that that's not the case. And totally. when you speak it, you put it out there, even if you're just speaking it to yourself, it allows you room to heal. Like you're, you're speaking it out loud. And when you do that, you give yourself permission to do that. And it gives others who are hearing that the same mm-hmm. kind of permission. And so Uh, I feel like even the more you talk about it too, like it doesn't feel so hot to touch anymore, you know? Um, But that has to come from like a place where you work on it initially. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking of that, like the working on it process for you, I know you said you did EMDR and and therapy and a whole bunch of stuff. Can you talk me through what that was like for you? Because I personally haven't been through, or at least that I know, intense trauma that has been repressed. I think I've worked through a lot of that stuff. So I'm curious what that process was and how you feel like it's impacted you now. Yeah. So I did. Oh, my goodness. I I needed to go to therapy. I probably... I didn't do a lot of EMDR sessions because I was in the middle of my mess. And so she wanted to, it was right before our divorce. She wanted to start EMDR sessions, um, before like having to appear. So during my divorce, I'd have to go like appear in front of a judge and like talk about this stuff and like see. So my husband was living, my ex-husband was living in a different state and like see him again. Mm -hmm. And even just that, brought so much anxiety. There was one court appoint, appointment. I saw him and he had this smirk on his face and I was in the bathroom, like just, Bawling. just, yeah, yeah, anxiety. I'd have these panic attacks. I'd end up in Walmart, um, you know, by myself, but having panic attacks or just, I didn't know what all this stuff was. And so through therapy and EMDR, she wanted to, to talk about like the, stuff that had happened in my marriage. And it was so hard to go there. So hard to like, 
uh, you know, you have to close your eyes and you do um, tapping and you feel um, like, where do you feel this in your body? Like these memories that we would talk about or these horrific dreams I would have about like him, like shooting Sawyer or him like kidnapping me. And I can hear Sawyer screaming in the background and like with a bag over my head and push it, like pushing me out of this airplane. <laughs> it was terrifying things, you know, a very real fear. Um, but gosh, we, we probably did maybe 10 sessions of that. And I, I feel like it would have worked a little bit better had I stuck with it. Mm. But I was not ready to face that mess yet. And so I stopped going, I just stopped going to therapy. <laughs> uh, and that was not, I do not recommend that at <laughs> all. Um, I don't recommend like just stop talking to your therapist until you guys are at a, a great space where she, like, I think she was literally scared for my life at that point too. Mm. Um, so like, I I feel like I'm not very qualified to talk about EMDR. I've had people ask me about it, but, um, I've also talked with people who have done it and have seen like great success with it. But what that really in turn forced me to do was to get in the middle of my mess. Like Mm. I talk about like a rock bottom that doesn't hit back and I just allowed myself to keep falling. So that was a rock bottom for me, but I, I just kept falling from there and it got lower and lower and lower. And, um, like my mess, my, my really cracking open. Um, I had somebody really close to me, um, that suddenly passed away. And so in the middle, middle of like divorce in the middle mm-hmm. of an eating disorder in the middle of a huge, like mess, like somebody close to you dies. And I, um, I just kind of spiraled out of control then, but you, you have to face it eventually because you're just going to keep spiraling. And, and with a little guy, like I'm a mother, (laughs) I'm a single mom. Like how do I take care of him and take care of myself when I'm still spiraling out of control? So, you know, thank goodness for family. My mom lived with us for a little bit. Um, and helped with that. But like, those are like the initial things that we talked about. The initial questions you asked, what am I grateful for? I'm so grateful to be able to like reflect on that time with him now Mm. that I do have that. I wasn't present for those years because I couldn't be. Yeah, for sure. So the past couple of years obviously have been a huge, huge transition for you and moving into owning where you're at now and, and, and moving away from this part of your life. So I mean, obviously you, you, you drew, you drew the line by not moving, but kind of how, how did things move beyond that? And how do you feel like you've been able to slowly but surely move into who you are now? Yeah. Reflecting back to like those parts of your story and to like how that's made you into today. It's, um, it's been a process, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, these things force us to take a good look at ourselves. So, um, even with healing, you know, like addiction, so eating disorders are addictions essentially. And I feel like that never truly leaves you. You just learn how to manage it. Mm -hmm. And so I've chosen like anytime those they'll pop back up or fears around food or like, I still won't eat bananas, like things like that, you know, silly little things that you told yourself for 10 years. Um, you have to choose to heal, you know, it has to come back from that point for me personally, that's my word. Like I said, it's, it's choosing to heal. Mm -hmm. And so, so bringing this into like the person that I am today, has definitely been a process of always reflecting back 
it sounds you know kind of woo, but reflecting back to love and like choosing yourself, you know, in those points, because you're not always going to be like high vibing, you know, there yeah. are going to be <laughs> points or, you know, low points, but um, going through what that looked like to what it is today, like you're able to come from a place of choice and realizing that life doesn't happen to you. It ha- you can make it happen for you. And so like this won't make, well, it may make sense. So like the, the choosing my eating disorder, you know, I chose those things. I chose my husband, like all of those underlying factors were me as like an, uh, the, the common denominator and them. And so I'm also the common denominator in my life and I'm able to, to, choose myself now, you know, in a much more loving manner and choose love and, and, um, also reflect that out to people. I feel like who were in that same spot that I was in, mm. you know, not so long ago. And so it's, it's just been such a, uh, a amazing journey. You know, we talked about beforehand, like to be able to look back and see how far you come or even what you've created, like your, your mess you know, in that mess, like a message out of that. And so that's, you know, where a story worth loving has come in. Um, it just really came to me as a download, like, um, so many people ask about your stories and it's not like, you know, you're a story worth telling or you're a story worth writing or yes, you're all of those things, but your stories, they are worth loving. Like in every bit of that, how you tell it, how you share it, how you write it, how you speak it, like every bit of those shameful parts of your stories are worth loving. And so that's where, um, where I didn't feel so long ago, they weren't worth loving to Mm. me, but I can look back and look at them with love (laughs) that, that girl who perhaps I don't recognize, you know, um, who I don't, I don't recognize anymore. I see her, but I don't recognize her, but she is part of that story worth loving. Love that. What are some things that you like, even small tools that you feel like helped you change the perception? Because I, I feel like that's the biggest, at least for me and for so many women I work with, it's not about like changing what you do. It's more so changing your perception around what you're doing and who you are. So did you have any personal things that really helped you get there or was it kind of a slow build for you? It's a slow build. And I think you build your toolbox. So yeah. you build a toolbox of things that you have to use to carry around. And personally, um, like I feel like if those disruptions weren't set in place for me, I would still be that same person I was. I feel like God universe will send you these disruptions that make you change. If you were in that spot, like you, you physically have to move out of that. But really um, it, for me, it's no longer identifying with that person. Like I don't identify um, with being a single mother anymore. Like this I am, you know, and, and these stories, um, shape me, but before, like you would have seen in my Instagram profile, like single mother, um, uh, domestic violence survivor, you know, all of those things. And I took them out because I don't identify with that person anymore. I identify, um, as a, a person that's coming from a place of love, um, and uh, stories matter. Yes, they happen to me, but they do not define me. Mm. And so I think a huge, mindset shift in that for anybody that is struggling is realizing, um, and you can, I mean, you can call it 
any, anything really you want, but it's no longer identifying with that person. Like you don't allow those stories to tell you, but you tell those stories, um, from a place of love and growth Mm. and change. And, and I think once you can do that, um, it, it kind of paves that path a little bit more to be able to grow and to reflect back on it. I hope that makes sense. No, totally. And it releases you from that title. I mean, I, I spent so many years living with the titles of perfectionist and overachiever and binge eater and all this stuff. And now I'm, I've been using the word recovering or recovered. Um, Mm -hmm. when people ask me like things about that and I'm like, well, I, I'm a recovering perfectionist, you know, like I'm not, that's not what makes me who I am. And I used to be like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Like, you know, (laughs) that's my big thing. But lately it's been interesting because lately I've been going through some personal health stuff and everyone, you guys on the podcast have heard me talk about this a mile a minute, a minute, but I'm getting surgery in December um, to have a preventative double mastectomy because I found out I have the BRCA1 gene, which is the cancer gene. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember having this conversation with my husband all about identity. And when I was waiting to hear the results from the test. And I was like, if I find out I'm positive, I feel like this is going to change my identity. And he sat me down and he was like, but you're still you, you know, no matter what happens, this is just a part of your story. It doesn't mean that you are Amanda, the girl with the BRCA1 gene, right? That's a part of me. And it's a part of me that's been really hard to digest and a lot to navigate, but it's just a blip on my story. And I, and I think even it's taken me some time to accept that and acknowledge that for myself, because as soon as I found out, I immediately went, well, my life is officially changed. Like everything is different. But I think, I think you're so right. I think the second we can shift our perspective and, and change the story, you know, about what we tell ourselves that we are or we aren't, um, then we can come from a place of love and show up in the world in the way we want to versus the way we feel we are, you know, born into or or have to based on our circumstances or whatever it is. So I love yeah. that. It's very In the liberating. way that you're meant to, like in your purpose, mm. like you are, everybody has it. And I think it, it, like mindset, your mind is a muscle, you know, and you, you have to obviously work that too, but it, and it takes practice and it takes patience and it, it takes, it takes reflection and being able to really, um, look at yourself in that manner, like your, your reflection in the mirror and see that person who's staring back at you, um, to have that, Mm. that ability to, realize that you don't have to identify with that. You don't have to identify with the girl who's had a double mastectomy. Like that is part of your story, but that is not who you are. Like your husband said, and Mm -hmm. that is so powerful, not allowing that to define you, but it's part of you. And I like what a powerful story that is and what it's going to transcend into as well. Like you can use that story out of love and a place of love that, built upon, you know, your future and changing the trajectory of your life. Those little pivot points too, you know, that we talked about kind of in the beginning, you know, you could, you could think of that as a place where you don't choose yourself, but in essence, like you are choosing yourself, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and, and that's just so powerful. Yeah. I think even choosing to find out because I've known that I could be for so long, but even choosing to just get the test was choosing myself, which is so funny because I hadn't perceived it that way for the longest time. Um, but I love that. And I think you're just, yeah, if whatever you are going through in your life, you are unraveling a part of who you are. And that's, even if it's hard, even if it's scary, even if it's full of fear, it's so powerful because it's you. And that's such a beautiful thing and such a powerful thing. Yeah. You can't look at that and and feel that way. Like when you're in your rock bottom of a mess, like I, Mm. that's not the girl when I see those pictures who would have been able to do that. She just, she really couldn't, she didn't have that mindset to be able to do that. But once you get to that point where you're able to, you know, it just, it, it changes everything, you know, and, yeah. and stepping into your purpose. Like there's, it's such an awesome feeling. Like it's so awesome now. <laughs> it's so funny to think of this, but like to be able to love yourself and actually enjoy yourself, like to, what to a concept. <laughs> huh, like you would have thought, you know, that's how we're supposed to live. Oh, like yeah. you're supposed to like love what you do. You're supposed to <laughs> enjoy being the person that you're, you are. And so yeah. seen her for so long. Gosh, I, I just feel so sorry for that 21 year old girl who hated herself so much and, and allowed all those things who chose those things. You know, I didn't choose abuse. It happened to me, but I also chose to stay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So tell us more about your story worth loving and, and, and how people can get involved and, and everything like that. Cause I just think the mission and the community you're building is so powerful. Yeah. It's so much fun. I have met so many incredible people. Like, you know, we met through, through Instagram and through like reading, reading each other's stories. And so essentially it started out as, um, how, you know, I would write about it and it would like resonate with so many people that Mm. phrase, you are a story worth loving. And then I thought, how is the easiest way to, to get that out there, um, for people to be able to understand that message. And so it started with t-shirts and so one wearing that and being able to reflect that to yourself, like my story is worth loving, your story worth loving, but for people to read that, um, it's reflecting back to people who read it Mm -hmm. and, um, just seeing that it is worth loving. And so it's really kind of progressed into this movement in a very short period of time and not something I expected. Yeah. So currently, you know, right now we're doing brand ambassadors and, um, hosting, I'm, building like an online community and hosting retreats and um, building. It's really in the building and growing phase of it um, and speaking events and, and stuff like that. And I would really love to think about like nonprofit work as well with it. I don't know what that looks like, but that's the fun part of it too. Like when you step into your purpose, you can dip your toes in those things and to see where it is going to blossom and grow what it's going to grow into. And it's just, it's been amazing. It's been so incredible and really fun too. like learning that part of yourself as, you know, like a businesswoman and an entrepreneur and, and parts that would not have been there a couple of years ago, but it comes out through your story. You know, it, it, it started with me sharing my story and had I not done that, like I never would have chose myself and I Mm. never would have built this part of my business. So it's just crazy to think that it started in that manner. I so resonate with that. And I, I think for all of you listening who are, have a story or want to share it or are struggling with the idea of sharing it, 
I know I personally resonate so much with that. Like I, I felt so liberated sharing it online and it, it's led me to this. It's led me to everything I'm doing right now, which if I look back th- three years ago, I would have never imagined this future for myself. And it's constantly still opening doors that I never expected, but it's all because I just said, I know that someone else is going through what I am going through right now or what I have been through. And if I share it, maybe I can touch one person's life and change it for them. And that's just how it's spitballed. And it's so freaking cool. And I'm like getting emotional to thinking about it just because the ripple effect is so beautiful. And I just think what you're doing and just getting that message, even just those words and being proud to wear that with your tanks or your t-shirts. P.S. Your tanks are so cute. I'm obsessed with them. Um, But you know, like I just think having that as a message that you are wearing is so powerful. Um, and so I just really am excited to, to watch you grow and for all of you who want to get on board with the mission, make sure you check out all, all the show notes so you can, um, get in contact with grace and and get one of her t-shirts or tanks or her sweatshirts, which are so adorable. She's wearing one right now. Wish you could see it. Oh, I'm a hot mess right now, but I would, (laughs) you know, I, I just, even in wearing the shirt, like the first time I actually wore out, I was headed to a retreat and I had a woman just come up to me in tears, like crying. And I thought, Oh, is this what it's going to be? But it, it resonates on so many mm. levels with people because, you know, for listeners, like you guys, you have those stories, you all have those stories and, um, wherever they come from, what, whether shame or embarrassment or anything like that, or perhaps you don't have those, maybe they're, they're full of just joy and love. Like those are worth loving and they're worth sharing and, and they're the stories of our lives. And so that's, you know, when you look back, when you're like 70 years old, you know, the story of your life is what matters, you know, Mm. that and how you make an impact on other people. Um, it's just, it's been so powerful and so incredible. I love that. I am so grateful for you. And I'm so, so, so glad you came on the pod. Um, Before we officially end, I always finish with one question. And that is, what does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? (laughs) A fuck yes life. Oh my goodness. I think it means for me, like throwing out all of the, uh, like the, not assumptions. That's not the word I want to say, like all of those blocks, like you put for yourself, like just like removing all of it and like stepping into your truth, Mm. like, like, like feel the fear, but fucking do it anyway. (laughs) I say that all the time, crash into that fear, crash into it, crash into that wave. Like it's like, if it is not a fuck yes, it's a hell no. Mm. You know, if it, if, if it doesn't feel good, like it's, it's so fun now to be able to step into things that feel good to you and that you can say like, fuck yes to, because when you're not saying that, like, it's just a hell no. And it's, it's not going to be into your purpose. So it's just removing all those ideas that you had perfectionism and old stories, like getting rid of it and stepping into it and feeling it. I love that. Ugh. You're so incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Grace. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everybody, you know, listening to it's so powerful, so much fun. 
And there you have it. Thank you so much, Grace, for coming on the podcast. And for everything we talked about in today's episode, head on over to www.amandacatherineloy, that's Catherine with a K, like koala.com forward slash podcast forward slash 23. And until next week, I will see you guys on the flip side. Have an amazing, amazing week. I love you guys so much and have a great one. 